Hi, and welcome to the podcast channel for Podcast My Business and contentmadeeasy.com.au. And today we have Matt from Cyberlorian.com, and we're discussing the importance of cybersecurity. And let's face it, at the moment, that's a pretty big issue. How are you, Matt? I'm really good. Thanks, Tony, for, for having me on. I appreciate that. Yeah, we're definitely talking about cybersecurity, and it's definitely bad. <laughs> it is. And just to clarify, you are in Melbourne. I know you've got a hangover of an accent that um, some people may or may not notice, but you're definitely in, in Melbourne or Melbourne. Yeah, I'm, I'm in Melbourne. I've been here for 22 years now. I'll drop a bit of rhyming slang here and there to, 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 to remind you that I'm here. But I do have this sweet accent. <laughs> there you go. No, no, it's okay. You said Melbourne correctly, so that was the test. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Okay. So, look, I mean, we've had so many things happen and so many things still happening even at the moment um, that are impacting on cybersecurity and threats and so forth. And now we've got countries, I guess states, state actors that are hacking away um, right across. We've got China and, of course, we've now got Russia, thanks to their terrible episode in the Ukraine. Out there, state actors out there hacking businesses. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk a bit about that. There's it, it's it's um, it adds a few layers of complexity to the um, to the to the cybersecurity, I guess, part of it. Um, when the when the conflicts first kicked off about three weeks ago between the Ukraine and Russia, like the main conflict, the invasion part, um, there were obviously there's people in Russia that aren't for it. There's people in Russia that are for it. Um, and, and the, you know, the Russian and the Ukrainian hackers were all sort of a cohesive unit and they were strategizing and they were, you know, working together and some of them were hacktivists and some were just like the, the ransomware people. Um, and at the time they were sort of arguing about how they should go about doing things, whether to start going after people that, that support NATO or not to. And some Ukrainian people within that group were getting a little bit upset, so they released everything that that sort of had, that was happening within those groups to sort of warn the world that this is sort of coming. So the government agencies are going to be um, targeted. Some of the, um, um, I guess, businesses that are SOCI, so like your transport, your education, your healthcare, that that are covered under that. Some of the key infrastructure are going to be sort of targeted. And there's good, you're going to see sort of a lot more in the way of instead of ransomware, um, they're going to just completely wipe your stuff without any sort of backups. That's what they're targeting. So the state, the people that are sort of supporting um, the, the Russian invasion are going to be going towards Western countries in that key infrastructure, and they're not even going to have backups. They're going to get into your system. This is their strategy now. They're getting into your system with no pay us Bitcoin and we'll give you their stuff back. Their intent is just to destroy. So they'll go in, wipe your data. You'll be like, can I have it back? I'll give you $5,000 in Bitcoin. And they're going to be like, yet, right? And then there's the other way around. You know, they're, they're targeting the Russian ones with the same thing. So that's, you know, companies or, or businesses or infrastructure that I sort of had a thing that said, well, the worst thing's going to happen is we're going to have to pay a few thousand dollars, but that's just not the case. They're, they're actually going to be targeting just to be malicious. The other thing is, 
uh, a lot of people with cybersecurity insurance, um, you think that that's sort of a safeguard, like, like they'll get into your thing, they'll find out how much you're insured for, and they'll target you for that amount. Well, most cybersecurity insurance now has uh, a clause in there where if someone's acting on behalf of a state or a government agency or are involved in a conflict and they're targeting you for that reason, your insurance won't pay. So if someone is, is doing it because they're trying to support Russia or NATO or whatever, and you get caught up in that, they, they're not going to pay you. So you, there's a bit more danger now with this conflict going on, especially in key infrastructure. And if you, mm -hmm. if you want to know if you're in, your company's involved in that, if you're part of that, because a lot of companies don't know if they're part of that SOCI, Sochi um, uh, thing. Like we were talking to a transport company, didn't even know that they were, uh, had, to, had certain reporting obligations and things like that, where they do. And a lot of people don't, because a lot of the, a lot of the um, I guess, legislation changed uh, the end of 2021. So... So there's that. So there's definitely a lot of dangers now because of the conflict. And you wouldn't have, you wouldn't think it would change that much, but it has. And it, probably a lot of stuff was going on until that leak happened. And now we know. Mm. Yeah, look, it's, it's always been a, a bit of a challenge. Yeah, but um, one, one of the other challenges, of course, has been COVID. And, you know, we're, I wouldn't say we're past COVID, but we're living with it more. And we're not as in the panic, in the emergency situation that we were before. And what I like also is that not just the cybersecurity, but the risk management and looking at the what LCM lifestyle management um, with onboarding and offboarding staff. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, well, how much time you got? <laughs> I remember. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember thinking about about six months before COVID happened, thinking like. Like I remember, I was in, I was on like on the eleventh floor in the building in a city, and I looked out in the city, and I thought, as soon as companies realize that we can work remote, they're not going to want to pay for um, for offices and stuff. Like as soon as they realize that there's ways to monitor people and there's there's secure ways to work from home, um, they're going to do it because it's just so much easier to do it that way, whatever. And then you know, COVID happened, and that's sort of what happened. So I was sort of thinking through some of the problems that were happening with people being onboarded at home uh, at the time. And one is if you don't have a VPN, if you have like a large staff and you don't have a VPN, that, that's the first thing uh, that's gonna get you. You're, you're on people's home Wi-Fi. There's no way to lock it down. Um, there's no real security. Um, people using their own antivirus, you don't know what it is. This is like it's with the BYO and things like that. So um, we, I suppose the last company I worked for is, is a prime example. And the company before that, for some reason, on, onboarding of people working remote seems to happen like at a thousand at a time or 500 at a time and, and no real plan to do it. It's just a decision happened and no thought from the infrastructure or IT. It's just a business decision to make people work at home and the IT stuff comes after. And that's the first part. Like IT is rarely ever consulted, especially with the, with the smaller business. It's just a business decision that it's going to be cost effective to have people at home, but the infrastructure and IT sort of stuff happens after. And usually a couple mistakes have to happen along the way for that that um, that conversation to sort of happen. And a lot of IT blame games sort of happens and all that. But um, talk to your IT guys, talk to your managed service, or talk to you, whoever it is that manages your, your security stuff or your infrastructure before you make that decision to work remote. 
to see what implications are going to happen because I mean, I was working for a company ages ago that thought a VPN was if you basically just get remote remote desktop and remote into a remote desktop server and you use your profile. There's no protections on that. There's dangers with people logging into a server in the first place. Um, admin privileges. We um, and this goes into the essential aid. I want to touch on a little bit on the essential aid that the government sort of talks about as sort of like a framework to, to base your, your, your strategy around too. But admin rights, like there's some companies just find it easier to give everybody admin rights. So if you don't have a VPN and you're remoting in and your, 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 um, your profile has admin rights, if someone gets into someone's home computer at home because their network isn't secure, they don't have a VPN, the antivirus isn't locked down. They have access to your entire network, and they're not going to go after stuff straight away. They're gonna. They have full access. They're going to take your time. They're going to go through every single one of your files. They're going to find out what you're insured for. They're going to find out what your executives are or your business owners, where they live, what what, what their kids do. They're going to get all your passwords, and eventually, they're going to hit you. And they're going to have so much information on your backups and everything that you're not going to be able to do anything about it. It's best to be proactive on all that stuff. And then one of the services we at, at, and it's a base, we offer this to everybody, no matter what our conversations are, as far as, um, you know, what your problems are, your problems are always going to start at the staff level, no matter whether they're using work computers or they're using home computers or what their antivirus is, have your staff trained on what to look for. And their best practices and how to deal with invoices that come in the mail or what phishing attacks look like and the latest strategies. And, and we offer that as part of our services. And, and mm. no matter what we offer as an ongoing solution, training is always the first part of it. And that's what I like about your company is that you guys really put training at the forefront. And even for seniors, you've got free seniors training as well on a lot of these things. Because, you know, you're talking about phishing and hacking and we've all heard the stories about the phone calls and everything else. Now they're smart enough to send you a message that you think's from the bank. And even if you hover over, you can't tell where it's actually from. Yeah. Well, the phishing and the vishing, which the, the vo vishing is like a, a sub uh, form of, of phishing. So it's the one that come in your voice. So everybody would have gotten these things now from Amazon uh, well, Amazon, pretending to be from Amazon for your refund. Then you call up, I don't even have an Amazon account. Well, they're using your credit card, whatever. So even the ones that, that pretend to be from like the ATO and all that, even me that's onto it all the time, my heart skips a beat. The, like we're calling from the Australian Federal Police. Right? I know it's fake. And, and I go, ah, oh, this is like a brief second. So if people aren't in on this every day, like I do, I watch videos, I do research and everything every day to be up on this stuff. And that's why our training is really good. I'll, I'll just speak to on that free training too. When we formed our business, we always had the idea that we wanted to have some sort of give back. And, and it was sort of briefly mentioned in those initial stages that that give back was probably going to be training. We thought maybe we'll go to schools or something like that. But I, I had to uh, go to the bank and do a, a transfer of some money at one point months and months ago. And I was just having a chat about cybersecurity to the bank manager. And she was saying... Like, oh, we need you to provide proof that you know that the, the details that you're sending your money through to are, in fact, you got them over the phone, you spoke to this person, you didn't get them in an email. And, and I knew why. 
It's because people will intercept an email, fill, they'll, they'll basically fill out the details of their own bank account, resend that email as someone else. So when you submit that, you're sending it to them, it looks like a legitimate email, right? So I, I knew that. What I didn't know, for that one branch alone, there's one senior every week for that one branch alone that will come in and tell the bank that they lost everything they had, which, and I asked the follow-up question, does that mean that every bank branch across Australia for every bank has at least one senior that comes in every week and has lost their life savings? And they said, yes, that would roughly be the case, right? So I basically went straight back to the team and I said, well, this is where our thing should be. We should be training seniors and we, we shouldn't be charging them for it. Like if we go to like a library or something like that, we might charge to come out and do that. But we, we once a month, will put some content together with the latest scams that are going on, what to look for in emails, what actually the scams look like when you encounter them. Like we'll talk about our next one that we're going to do is that very one that we were talking about, the Amazon scam. So someone will call you with a recorded message and say like, Call back if you haven't made this so you get your refund. We outline what that looks like, um, what they're going to get you to do. So if you do start getting caught up in it, you'll be like, wait a minute, I've seen this. I know what this is. And you can hang up or, or whatever. So that's that's what we're doing. We do that on YouTube as, like a, as, a, as a webinar. So you can ask your questions ahead of time. You can ask them after and we'll address those. Great stuff. Okay. So what, what are some tips... Um, for businesses to avoid being hacked and fished and snatched and whatever it may be these days. Yeah. yeah. So one thing I always say, like, like I play sport, right? And a lot of times I play sport at a low level. And there's expectations I have of someone that's been playing baseball for 20 years. And if they don't do it, my initial reaction is, oh, come on, you got to know how to do that. But if they only just started playing last week, like I can't expect them to know what to do in that play. And it's the same thing with cybersecurity. You hired someone to do accounting or you hired someone to do um, marketing or whatever it is. It always seems to be the marketing department, no offense. But um, you can't expect, just because they use a computer doesn't mean like you gotta know, you gotta expect that they're not, that they're gonna know that this comes across. Like there's a lot of times, the example that I gave, gave earlier, one of the things they love to do is they will get into your network early and they'll find out where your emails come through, who does your invoicing and things like that. So they're able to duplicate and replicate exactly what your invoices look like, make it look like the people from your that are sending you invoices. So to them, it's just natural, right? The only way you can expect them to have any chance to counter that is to have training. I can't stress enough, like we, when we started this business, it was like, we'll give them single sign-on and multi-factor and we'll go in with all this tech about antivirus and stuff i have an example where one of the companies i was working for like 10 years ago it was a big company that was a telstra subsidiary i had to wipe his computer once a week right and i finally had a conversation with him and his justification was well we have antivirus matt like like i would expect that it would just work all the time and i said tops like do you have seatbelts in your car He's like, he's like, yeah, why? I said, do you just drive into trees all the time? He's like, oh, no. Well, I mean, you can't expect antivirus just to stop everything, especially new threats come out every day. So the best chance you have is the training. Start, start that process. And if there's other things, like we have, you can have a relationship with us. We'll see what you're doing. 
and we can help you implement other strategies if those strategies are, are uh, appropriate. But always start with the training. That's my big tip. You can't expect people to know if they don't know. Yeah, look, I agree. And it, uh, of interest, I guess, is that um, I've been doing a lot more on Facebook for the business and what have you. And I've been making some comments, we're getting lots of traction. So much traction, in fact, that I got an email from Facebook for a thing called Facebook Protect. And what it is, it automatically applies an extra layer of protection for accounts that they see there's lots of traffic and connections and what have you that will be open to more hacking. And I got it in my old Hotmail account. I thought, oh, here we go. So I did my research <laughs> yeah. and it turned out to be real. And then I logged into Facebook and they said, oh, you've got it. And they gave me a time frame, and I thought it all looked really, really suspicious. Yeah. 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 But it was true. It was real and it's, yeah. you know, not many people get into the Facebook protecting or whatever. Um, but yeah, and watch out for like the emails. Multi-factors. Go on, sorry. Yeah, that's right, multi-factoring and they monitor it further or something or other. But yeah, it's um, it's interesting. All right, cool. Look, thanks very much, Matt. Um, we're out of time for this one, but I've got a sneaking suspicion. There's plenty of things that we can be covering in the future, so we'll definitely get you back and um, awesome. bring us up to date with what's happening. So that's Matt from cyberlorian.com, C-Y-B-E-R-L-O-R-I-A-N.com. And thanks for your time. Thank you, Tony. I really appreciate the time. Appreciate that. Okay, so we'll stop.